Hello and welcome to Live From My Watch, a podcast recorded on a smartwatch. I'm your host, Stoner Steve, and I'm joined today by my cat, Meiji, who is yes, named after the Japanese candy company. Candy and treats, right? The panda crackers and stuff. She decided to curl up with me today while I uh, record this episode. It's a cold winter's day outside, but we're cozy inside. It's very nice. Last week we were talking about the Holy Spirit. And I was trying to see if there could be a connection drawn between enlightenment, the concept of, of enlightenment from the Eastern, from an Eastern tradition, you know, um, faiths in the Asian, in, 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 uh, Asian continents. And see if there is any kind of line that can be drawn between that and the um, lowercase e, enlightenment, that Christians are supposed to gain from the Holy Spirit in um, you know, a Protestant tradition. Um, I grew up with an understanding of the Christian God as a threefold being, uh, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Son being Jesus Christ, and then the Holy Spirit being given to Christians um, after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus, in the New Testament, uh, Jesus, crucified on the cross, was put into a grave um, a, a, a cave or something uh, similar to that, um, a tomb. And then it wasn't buried in the ground. It's not how they did it um, at the time. At least that's not how it's described in, in the Bible. It was more of a cave or, or, or tomb. And so then, after three days, um, Jesus rose again, came back to life, ex left the tomb, was seen by disciples, um, both uh, men and women, um, which is supposed to be our proof um, that it happened. That's why it's recorded in the Bible. All of these eyewitnesses from St. Peter and um, Mary Magdalene, you know, things like this. People that were supposed to be close to Jesus from Nazareth and then would, were, you know, St. Peter, he's considered the 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 rock on which the church has been built. That's what the Bible, that's what Jesus actually calls him. And, and so the Pope of the Catholic Church 
believes, I believe there's like a direct line in, in how that's viewed. And if there's any Catholic scholars, please, um, scholars of Catholicism, please, um, please engage. But I believe that there's the Pope that, that sits today, uh, that wears the hat today, uh, is believed to be um, sort of a spiritual lineage connecting straight to St. Peter, the rock. That's their tradition. You know, that's the Catholic tradition. Um, let me just circle back through my thoughts, <laughs> adjusting my, uh, my mental note cards. <laughs> so after Christ um, ascended or was taken up to heaven, floated up into the sky, lost in the clouds, you've probably seen an animated video of it or a drawing if you've been to Sunday school or in the church. Um, Since, you know, as, as a kid, if you were in the church as a kid, you probably are aware of what I'm talking about. But I wanted to lay the groundwork for any listeners that maybe are unfamiliar or um, just hadn't read the, the story in a while. So in Acts, the book of Acts, which comes directly after the Gospels, which is the story of Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as it's canonized, the official uh, story for Protestants anyways. Acts comes right after that. And it's the story of the disciples becoming, um, founding the church, basically. Founding mission work, um, establishing churches and places, church buildings, um, the laws of the church. And um, it's an exciting time. You know, if you're reading it as a history or, you know, a... Um, a, 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 a not a novel, but a um, a narrative, a historical narrative. It, it's, a, it's fun. The Book of Acts is fun. It's very exciting. It's kind of like if you've ever been part of setting up an event and um, or, or launching something, you know, starting something, um, a YouTube channel or something, you know, and that excitement of that, the early excitement and tension like that. I wonder if there's a, a word for that, that feeling of, of being um, like happy and excited about what's happening, but also nervous. <laughs> I get that way every time an episode launches, man, of this podcast. I mean, it's, whew. yeah. So the book of Acts, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is given to the early Christians. There's a group of them. Um, I'm not sure what city, maybe Jerusalem. Group of, of, of young, of early Christians and these tongues of fire come down. That's how it's described in some, in some, in some translations, tongues of fire come down and onto the heads of each of the, of these, of, of the gathered people. And they can, uh, understand, I think it's like people that are, it's supposed to be like Christians from all over and they can suddenly understand each other 
and um, and then they suddenly can start understanding the scripture in a way that they were not able to before. Um, it was almost like the internet um, block was taken off. You know, the internet filter was taken off, and suddenly you could access uh, um, everything. Did you ever have an internet filter at your house? Is that something that millennial parents do for their kids? We definitely had, we definitely had um, a filter in the early days. Yeah. Anyways, so God unlocks something is sort of a different way to think of this. You know, God unlocks something in in these Christians' brains, and they can suddenly understand Him. And the recent video game that came out, High on Life, it's it's a mature rating, so it's not for everyone. It's from the makers of uh, Rick and Morty, I think. Somehow that guy's involved. Um, really cool guy. I'll have to look up his name. Producer, can you get that for me? Thanks. Because um, I'd love to, to have him on the show one day. And I don't want to be offensive. So the game is a lot of fun if you don't have, uh, you know, um, crude humor is not offensive to you. <laughs> uh, which it is to me, but I like to be offended a little bit. Uh, I think that's fun. It's more fun than riding a roller coaster to me. <laughs> um, so, anyways, in this game, High on Life, this video game, um, it's, it's set in, in space, um, with a lot of alien, um, species and stuff. And, um, to understand them, there's like a virus basically. And this one, um, alien friend of yours, like spits on you at the beginning of the game. And then after like a couple seconds, suddenly you can understand what he's saying. So like the, the voice track goes from some kind of, you know, a garbled alien language to English um, or whatever language you're playing the game in, I assume. And that's what the Holy Spirit was kind of like. It was almost like God was was spitting uh, <laughs> um, this, like, translation, um, uh, you know, bacteria or virus or whatever on to the humans and, and like that understanding then spread. Like the thing that's interesting is the gatekeeping because it's really contested between denominations and even within like people that share the same, um, that are in the same denominations, you know, come from the same backgrounds, which isn't surprising. Everybody's beliefs are, um, individual. Um, like if we, you know, you, you have someone that, well, I'm not going to get down there, <laughs> but we, we can go down that philosophical wormhole in a, a little bit. But so people have different views on, on the Holy Spirit, when you get the Holy Spirit, when it, you know, when it's given to you, when you get that understanding, um, and I feel like I definitely grew up with this perception that the Holy Spirit was given to, uh, 
Christians at a certain point. It wasn't necessarily at salvation because I was saved, quote unquote. Those were, that was the way that it, that I was, you know, that I understood it. You know, it was where you accept Jesus into your heart, ask God to forgive you for your sins. You know, raise your hand if any Southern um, Protestants can relate. And so that's that's not when the Holy Spirit comes on you according to some people. It's not at baptism either. That's different. <laughs> and that's why sometimes, you know, something like Lutheran baptism happens at, you know, at infancy, um, you know, and I was, you know, raised, you know, Nazarene and, and non-denominational and I was baptized as an adult. Um, by my dad in a stand-up pool in the backyard. It's the most Southern thing you can think of. And it was beautiful. <laughs> Sunset. Uh, it was great. Um, a few of my other siblings, you know, did it too. It was great. But that's that's not when the Holy Spirit comes on you either. Um, the way I understood it, the Holy Spirit, it was a it was a very unique moment of maybe epiphany. Um, although I know that that is you know that has specific meanings within 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 Christianity, but. It was a specific moment when the Holy Spirit came on you, like that moment in Acts. And suddenly, you can understand things you couldn't understand before. I remember being 14 years old and having a moment like that where it was like suddenly stuff just clicked. Um, and I just thought the Holy Spirit had come upon me. You know, I was a very religious person from a young age. And so as a teenager, you know, I was reading my Bible and journaling. I mean, that was legitimately a hobby for me, you know, even though I was didn't think of it as a hobby. I thought of it as more serious than that. Maybe even life or death. Um, so that Holy Spirit, you know, coming on you, like what happens there? What, you know, what's going on? <laughs> also, does God gatekeep like that? Is there like, there's different views on when the Holy Spirit is given. How, why, why are, I want to put out this, this theory. What if that, moment actually did happen at some point in history, this, this moment of, 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 of suddenly something was unlocked for humans. The whole reason that Jesus was sent to earth as, you know, this is a certain perspective on how to interpret the entirety of the Bible. But the fall of man, the fall of people in Genesis, you know, sin entering it, being Adam and Eve being cast out of the Garden of Eden and life being a struggle. Okay. So that's all established in Genesis. That's why life sucks because of sin, because we sinned. We made a choice at the beginning. People did. I know. So God came up with this plan. Jesus come to earth, live as a person, take on the sins of the world And be the sacrifice that's needed. There was, for some reason, a cosmic sacrifice was needed. It's not explained as to why. It's just told to us, this is how it is. 
in the Bible. Christ dies, sin is erased, the Holy Spirit is given. It's a new world. It's a new world. And there's language in the Bible that's speaking about, you know, God talking about, I will build a new heaven and a new earth. But that is also gatekeeped. That it revelations, you know, is often interpreted as a as a prophetic book, which is fine. There's grounds for that when comparing it to other books in the Bible that are considered prophecy. I get that. Um, like most of the prophecies in the Bible, you can find historical um, things that happened in history that that humans have have recorded. Um, you know, uh, separate from from the Bible that the, but that that match up with the Bible. You know what I mean? And you even have historical figures like um, in recorded in the Old Testament. Um, I'm trying to think of who. Is, Ale- is it Alexander the Great that's mentioned? One of those world leaders. Constantine is not, which is fascinating. Because it's Constantine's book that we're reading. Well, it's King James' book, but... It's an update of Constantine's because Constantine um, is the one that called for the Council of, of Nicaea um, around 313 AD. Now, I'm going to use AD because we're doing, um, I'm, I'm considering the Bible history here. Um, I'm, I'm looking at, 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 at history from a biblical perspective. Um, because you have to choose a perspective when considering history. Um, history is always an interpretation of, of, of stuff. So, so you have to choose a perspective if you want to understand what is being discussed. So I'm, I'm coming at this from a biblical perspective. So I'm going to use AD. So we're at 313 AD. We're going to say, you know, zero Christ's birth. So 313 AD, that's 300 years, 100, it's about as long as the U.S. has been a uh, country, organized country, <laughs> a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Um, you have the Roman Emperor Constantine, Roman Emperor Constantine from the Roman Empire, um, calling together a group of Christian bishops to basically establish the rules for Christianity. And this meeting is supposed to represent all of Christendom. I'm, I can't get solid word on who all was there. So maybe this is something that some other scholars out there can, can, can uh, point me in, in the direction of some resources. Um, but it's supposed to represent all of Christendom. And it's when they compile the Bible, basically, and, and establish the sort of um, narrative of Scripture, the fall of man, the birth of Christ, the spreading of the gospel. 300 years is not a long time. 300 years is not a long time from the, from the existence of a person to the establishment of a religion around them. Not even the establishment, it was really the updating, the taking of, of well, <laughs> we'll get into it. What is Christianity really made of? Um, but that's, you know, that's a different conversation. Uh, maybe a different episode. Now, when I'm talking about all of this, I'm not trying to um, 
discount the Bible. I'm not trying to... Um, my intent here is not to disprove the Bible or Christianity. Um, I believe, as a personal belief of mine, um, based on um, the studies I've done of religion, and as far as I can tell, they're all equally valid. All religion is equally valid. Religion is made by people. Religion is the way that we people, we the people, <laughs> are trying to bring order to our life, the world around us, trying to understand the bigger questions of the universe. Why am I here? What's the meaning of all of this? As well as the daily, how do you deal with the hardships? How do I not get angry as much? How do I, you know, or, or the trauma or the, or the sadness, the loss? You know, what do you do when you, when you lose some, someone you love? That's, that's religion. And religion is made by people. Now, all of those things I was talking about are all real things that humans have to deal with. So when I say that, that people made up religion, I'm not saying that it has no value because it absolutely has value. Like I said, religion, it's people's attempts to bring structure, to bring understanding, to have purpose in their lives. Um, now in this modern era that we live, there's a lot of things that people use. That, that, that humans, that people have developed to fill these needs, the, the, the have a purpose, to have understanding, to you know, share knowledge and, and relate to each other. Um, for some people, it's still religion. For others, it, you know, it, it could be other stuff. Um, but we're all coming from the same place of need. And we're trying to look at this and understand it. And this includes um, uh, people that don't believe in God at all agnostic, um, or, you know, atheist, it includes that. Listen to, oh, producer saying it's time for a break. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the coziest vibes imaginable. You have a steaming cup of hot coffee in your hand or tea or cocoa, whatever you prefer. Your pet is curled up in your lap. You're wearing the softest Sherpa jacket you can imagine. I'm talking like a cloud. It's snowing outside, but it's really nice inside. Warm. Maybe some lo-fi or light jazz plays in the background. Life is good. And now back to the show. Okay, so my producer is telling me that we do not want the creator of Rick and Morty on our show. Uh, I guess there's been some, there's stuff in the news. I don't read the news. I'm sorry. Uh, so I will separate 
the creation from the creator. <laughs> I've never actually seen Rick and Morty, uh, just clips on shorts, but we were talking about High on Life earlier, the video game. Um, but there's a lot of people that work on television shows and video games. A lot of people. So we should not make them suffer because of one asshat. Justice will be done if justice is, is due. And if not, citizens will take up the, uh, the cause. That's the way things work in this country. So, let's return to our subject. <clears throat> and I just wanted to, and, and I just wanted to, to go into this. I don't, we were watching Harry Potter, maybe I picked up the accent, you know. <laughs> I apologize to any listeners from, from the British Empire. I want to look up the word enlightenment. I want to see, let's see, enlightenment, now let's see, this is, look through the results here, uh, studybuddhism.com says enlightenment means to become a Buddha, the pinnacle of human development and potential. Um, did you know that Buddha is a state of being? So interesting. According to nationalgeographic.org, no, I don't want to read theirs. That'll be, I have no idea where they're getting their information from. All right, well, we're going to go with Wikipedia, cite our sources later. The English term enlightenment is a Western translation of various Buddhist terms. So enlightenment, it's a Western translation. It's an English term. So we most definitely can apply it to a Western con the Western concept of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, let's see, the abstract noun. Oh, I do not want to mispronounce that. Um, so let's see. We have technology and botry. Botry, the abstract noun botry means the knowledge or wisdom or awakened intellect of a Buddha. The I think it's a bodhi. The verbal root bud means to awaken, and its literal meaning is closer to awakening. Oh, it's really built into the word of, of, of Buddha. Bodhi. Huh. To awaken. So enlightenment, awakening, an awakening. And that, honestly, awakening fits um, the tongues of fire and, and the sort of, you know, the opening of the eyes, the unlocking of the mind that is sort of described in, in English translations there of Acts. 
Fascinating. So I, you know, I feel like at least from a, you know, just a surface concept, I'm not talking about in the ways that it was, that it's applied and has been understood and, and sort of broken apart and the way that humans, the people just, we just love to do this, you know? So the way that these concepts have been taken apart and, and put back together in a glorious number of ways with a, all of the different paths to enlightenment or ways of being, you know, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Obviously these, these are religious beliefs that go back millennia. Okay. Buddhism predates Christianity. So these things have existed for a long time, but at the surface level, there is a connection, this awakening, this enlightenment, this reaching for something higher. I think nirvana fits into this as well, from what I understand. Again, we're looking at this sort of surface level understanding. We're looking for the connections. I like to take a concept and reduce it down until I can get at the foundation for that concept, the root. There's a reason for everything. If you have the time, if you have the time to find it. So let's reduce these concepts till we get to the core, till we get to the foundation, till we get to the base elements. And you find, I have found, there's, there's a lot of dots that can then be connected between things. So this concept of enlightenment, of awakening, of the Holy Spirit coming down, um, it's this way that, he, that, that explains how humans, how people are supposed to be able to hear God, to rise above the struggle of existence. Of, of the human existence on earth. So in this way, these concepts do share. They, they do share um, a sort of common meaning. Let's look up tongues of fire. Let's find the verse in Acts. I want to read it. Acts chapter 2. If you want to whip out your Bible app. Now, if any of you out there know of any other apps for religious books in English, uh, I know, I'm sorry. Um, I would love because um, I, I have not been able to find um, an app to read the Quran. Is it available? Acts chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 1, King James Version. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come... 
and they were all with one accord in one place. This is a little, let's see, let's, let's simplify this a little bit. Um, I want to go for, um, let's take a look at the good news translation. Acts 2, chapter 2, verse 1. Okay, here we go. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Believers, that's the Christians, early Christians. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky, which sounded like a strong wind blowing, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. <sighs> then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which spread out and touched each person. They were all filled <gasps> with the Holy Spirit <gasps> and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. And then it goes on from there. There's a large crowd that develops and the, the joy spreads. Uh, it, you know, like I said, a virus. <laughs> um, and it's you know, related to, let's see, let's verse 16. Um, they reference the prophet Joel from the old Testament. Uh, I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim, will proclaim my message. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. Both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. They will proclaim my message. So, and then it goes on and it, and it ties it in directly to Jesus of Nazareth um, and his authority over um, uh, you know, he's the leader. If, you're, if you've been touched by the spirit and you have enlightenment, then Jesus Christ is the way to go. So does this, this enlightenment, this awakening, does it, does it only come through religion, through meditation, through self-reflection, through praying, through journaling, reading the Bible or other, you know, holy book, whatever your faith can, can, is that the way to get it? Or is it there? Is it always there for us to reach out every person to touch? Is it, does it come from above? Does it come from within? Now, these are questions that I can't answer because this is the thing. This is why there's so many different faiths, so many different religions, and within each religion, so many different practices. Because no one has the answer. It wasn't given to us. It wasn't given to us. I was raised with the concept of a God, a creator God looking out, looking over. So I, you know, that will always be there with me. It's a belief that I have. So for me, you know, I'm seeing religion as coming from God or, or as my quest to understand God. You know, that's, that's my practice of faith, you know, and, and, and becoming a better um, human along the way. Um, thing is, perfect doesn't exist because perfect is just, it's, it's open to perspective. Everybody has a different, you know, version of what's the perfect uh, dessert, what's the perfect day, what's the perfect... A way to live your life. What's the perfect um, way to, to 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 serve God? You know, everybody's got their own idea of perfect. So perfect, it's not real. It doesn't exist. It's just an idea that we have, and it 
you can't you can't always be perfect. It just depends on the criteria that uh, that 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 you're you know that's been set for what perfect is. I'm gonna take a perfect drink of water. And my only criteria was that I needed to get water into my mouth. It's perfectly done. So perfect, you know, it's not like it's in nature. Um, nature doesn't really do perfect. Nature just is. Um, there's order and structure. There's community. Um, but also there is just this nature just is. If something can grow, then it grows. Uh, whether a plant or animal. Um especially plants. <laughs> that's just, that's the way that they are. You know, you just, you just are what you are. And, uh, you know, the Bible, it talks about it, you know, both in the old Testament and the new Testament, Jesus references, I, I think Solomon, what's attributed to Solomon in the old Testament, Jesus references in the new Testament of, you know, do you think the lilies worry about where, you know, if they're going to have a flower in the morning or the grass, if it's going to be green, it doesn't, it doesn't worry. And we shouldn't either is, is the point. That's the moral. Um, and you find similar teachings in other uh, religions uh, around the world, specifically Buddhism. Um, there's a lot of connections between Buddhism and Christianity, uh, the thinking, the teachings, um, which isn't surprising whenever you, like you read the New Testament and, and Paul immediately goes to Asia, immediately, uh, on a mission trip. Like it's one of the very early ones. And so, you know, this it's, I don't know, maybe brought some, some, some thinking back and, and, uh, put it in. The thing that is also, it's interesting to, to, to consider is that, so we read this and we're thinking, okay, so Paul wrote this and John wrote that. And, you know, when we're reading the Bible and that's how it was taught to me anyways, the Bible college, you know, the thing is that it was compiled at a certain point though. So all of these things were taken, they were, they were considered these letters. Cause that's all the books were. They were letters and, and ancient scrolls, uh, you know, <laughs> the new Testament, it's like letters that, that people had written. Um, like if we took, you know, like Benjamin Franklin's correspondence, you know, when we take those and compile it into a book, it's basically what they were doing. You know, it's, that would be the age of it about, for the, some of these documents. And so at the Council of Nicaea that Constantine brought together, he's like, we got to get this unified, you know, that this is going to be the the religion of Rome, the empire of Rome, and then we need a, we need the textbook on it. So, you know, these books were brought together, these, these of the Bible, the books of the Bible. And, and there is, there's always editing. And not to say that they changed the meaning that was originally there, because I don't know. I don't, nobody can know, but there's always editing. Every translation of the Bible that's been done, King James, NIV, you know, all of them. It doesn't matter what, whether the language is more, is old English or modern English or they've all been edited. That's how it works. <laughs> People are making this. People are making these things these, this, this, that we have in our hand. People are making them. God has not given us something that's like from heaven fell to earth. Here's your guidebook. Everything's been written down by people or, you know, passed on orally until it was written down by people. Now, I believe you could definitely just see this as it, it's by design and that we should just listen and trust that this is how God wants it to be is with these different understandings because because God is as, di as diverse and complex as there as there are people in the world, 
Does that make sense? So if there's billions of people in the world. Each person is different and unique. Each person is a reflection of God, a, a, an element of God, a, a, a side of God, a, you know. <laughs> um, and that was by design. And that's why we don't have a book that just came down from or a rock that just fell from the sky that we all have followed for these millennia. We have things that people have written down to try to understand. To try to understand. Um, you know what God's trying to say, you know. Um, and again, I'm coming from the perspective that I believe in God. But... Um, you know, I, I uh, we can go into the religion of logic in a different episode <laughs> um, for for my uh, my listeners that maybe are are more agnostic or or atheist. Everybody's welcome here because we're all just trying to figure this out together, and nobody, <laughs> nobody has the ultimate truth. Nobody, no matter what they say, no matter how many followers they have, nobody has, has the absolute truth. Everybody has a perspective and the things that have worked for them that they've found to be true or that someone has told them works. And it makes sense. That's, that's all we're sharing. That's all people are sharing. And some people have had more experiences than other people. And some people maybe have more money to try more things than other people. But what you have to say and think is just as valid and important as anyone else, especially when it comes to religion. Before we go, I just want to leave you with this thought. Some historians believe that early Christians in the days of, of the New Testament were believed to be a blood cult. They, there's even, you know, the stories of them luring children in, virgins, you know, quote unquote, to be uh, sacrificed and used in the sacrament, the um, communion, the blood of Christ, the, um, the little cracker, wafer thingies. It's the bread of, you know, the bread, it's the body of Christ. And so they, they, the early rumors, these teachings were taken literally, um, by the public, the conservative, hardworking citizens of the Roman capital, capital of the Roman empire. Um, they, they were hearing these stories about this wackadoo blood cult and were very suspicious. <laughs> um, and I kind of miss the days when Christianity wasn't the norm. You know, one of the major religions. And it makes me proud to be an alternative Christian. A wackadoo. Hey, if you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, uh, leave a comment. Uh, but do subscribe and like. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, until next time, I've been Stoner Steve. See you later. Bye.